Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I am running on fumes today. Those of you who follow me on social media know that I've been traveling over the last four days, running on very little sleep. I took a red eye into Ohio, surprised my family, and then it was on the ground running with kids. I had kids and babies. I have five nieces and nephews running around. So Uncle Danny was on Uncle Danny duty and uh, just wasn't sleeping much over the four days. And then I had to travel back from Ohio to L.A. And my flight, I had to wake up at 5 a.m. to get on the flight. So it's been uh, a lot of little sleep. So I just want to tell you that in advance, because as we go through these episodes, The Real Houses of Beverly Hills and The Real Houses of New York, I might get things wrong. Who knows? I might get facts wrong. I know when you guys are listening to podcasts and the hosts are the guests get something wrong, you get pissed, you yell at the radio, you yell it in your headphones or just out into the void at the grocery store, you get mad when they get something wrong. And I'm telling you in advance, guess what? I'm probably getting stuff wrong today. Might call someone, might call Crystal Kathy, I might, I don't know. I'll be like Kathy and I'll think Kyle's Garcelle, I don't know, my brain is fuzzy today. Um, But you know what, we're all doing our best. And I had the best trip home, you guys. Uh, it was so much fun. It had been a year and a half because I hadn't seen my family in person since Christmas of 2019. So to get back and see them, not only that, but surprise them, knocked on my parents' door. They thought I was coming later in June. And I took the red eye in. So I got in before 7 a.m., knocked on the door. My dad opened the door. He's half asleep. I took the video. I posted the video on my Instagram so you could see my dad's reaction. But I accidentally hit the record button. Uh, again. And so I miss my mom's reaction, but I will, it's forever ingrained in me because Linda, queen icon legend, she came out of the bedroom and when she saw me, she just burst into tears and she kept saying, no, it's not you. She was so excited that, you know, when you almost don't believe something, she just was like sobbing and saying, no, it's you. It's you. No, it's you. And I was like, mom, stop saying no. She's like, I just can't believe it. It was adorable. And I got to spend some quality time with her and 
And again, the babies, which those kids will wear you out. I know I got a lot of you are parents out there listening, but kids are exhausting. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but little kids are a lot, but so much fun. And I don't know, it, it made me realize, this trip made me realize, first of all, how much we've lost over the past year and a half. Because I know a lot of you out there similarly didn't get to see a lot of family or friends for so much, uh, such a long period of time. But uh, also what I realized is how much I just needed the energy of children, you know, and I hope that doesn't sound creepy of me to say, but being around my nephew Brady, for instance, it's like he just wanted to spend an hour taking me around the backyard to show me bugs. He wanted to say, look, there's a worm. And it's just, we could do that for hours the whole day we could spend. He's three years old. He's happy to show me, Uncle Danny, there's a worm. And then here's another dead worm. Here's a fly. Here's, a, you know, just let me show you everything around the backyard. And he's having a, a great time doing so. My niece, you know, Sophia, she learned a somersault. So she's like, Uncle Danny, I'm going to show you my somersault. Five hours could go by. She could be showing me a somersault and she's happy as can be. So I miss that kind of energy and it just made me forget all of the stress and anxiety and kind of tune out the news and all that's going on in the world because it can be overwhelming and it feels like it's been a year and a half of that and I don't have that kind of youthful energy around here. You know, Matt and I, we like our toys around our house, but I don't have the kind of youthful energy of a five-year-old, you know, or a three-year-old showing me bugs. So I needed that kind of thing. And then I missed hugs so much, you know, hugging my brothers and my parents and the kid kiddos. And God, I'll tell you more stories as we go on. But um, right now, I do want to dive in uh, to The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'll put the timestamps in the episode description so you could skip ahead if you just want New York. But first, we got to talk... Beverly Hills. And I want to play a clip. This isn't actually from the episode of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. This is something that happened on an Instagram Live between Kyle Richards, Kyle Halloween Richards, and Kathy, our dear Kathy Hilton. Kathy always looking for snacks. She also doesn't know what network her show airs on. So just listen to this clip between the two sisters uh, from an Instagram Live. Now everyone has got to tune in for the West Coast feed at 8 o'clock. And what she's it on? Because a lot of people ask me. What do you mean what channel it's on? It's on Bravo, Kathy. <laughs> what channel is it on? A lot of people ask me, what channel? I got to tell them what channel is our show on. Kyle, Doogie, tell me what channel our show is on, Doogie. I need to know. People ask me. She's like, it's on, what do you mean? It's on Bravo, Kathy. No other network airs The Real Housewives. I love her so much, though. The fact that she's not interested. She can't be bothered. Kathy Hilton's got enough going on. She can't be bothered to learn what network she's on. Okay, I was all a Team Kathy for that one. I'm not, I, I don't need her to know what network she's on. I just need her to show up, front of, show up in front of the red light and talk to Doogie for a couple minutes and then be gone. I'm fine with Kathy. I don't even want her to get in the mix at all. I know, I think I said on this podcast, next season I'm expecting her to get into the mix more and be more dramatic and stuff, but I don't even want that. I just want Kathy to pepper herself in with some weird commentary, and then go into her room and take a nap. That's fine by me. I don't want her getting in fights with people. I don't want none of it. Just want Kathy to be my comic relief, not know what the fuck network she's on, uh, and have a good time with Doogie, her sister. So I hope that that's what they use her for. I hope they don't give us, you know, on these shows, what they like to do is they give them a good first season, and then they give them a bad second season. Tale as old as time, right? They want to make us, the viewer, question our loyalties and question whether or not we love someone or if we hate someone. So even on like Real Houses of New York, Ramona had a terrible last season. I believe that Ramona's getting a good edit this season. 
because now they need the audience to kind of come back around. Leah, on the other hand, had a great first season, and this season, I don't believe she's getting the best edit. And that's not to say these women aren't uh, doing a lot of this themselves, but I do 100% believe in my heart and soul that the Bravo producers and editors, they want that to happen. That's part of this whole gig. It's part of the show. And I don't want that to happen with Kathy. I need Kathy pure and innocent and just peppered in with some colorful commentary uh, and then to go and take a nap because most of the time Kathy's sleeping. I don't know if you've been paying attention to this trip. Kathy's in the bedroom. She wakes up at night, perks up, has a couple uh, Red Bulls, and reads the paper, and then uh, is nowhere to be seen the whole day of filming. So the uh, uh, camera people have to catch her at night when she's on Kyle's bed with some snacks. You know, that's the only time they're going to get Kathy, and that's all I want them to get Kathy with. What channel are we on, Kyle? Because a lot of people ask me, what channel is it? <laughs> what the fuck, Kathy? It's on Bravo. I love Kyle, too. It makes Kyle more likable, too, this whole thing. I'm telling you, I like Kyle more and more every episode. And seeing Kyle last week do the Kathy impression, I just, I'm so happy she's with us. Um, also, in this week's episode, there was one point where Kathy told Erica, she's like, you need to stay up with us, Erica. You better be staying up later. Like She, she like, sort of scolded Erica Jane. She was basically said, like, you need to pass the puss up late with us. Because the other women are just going to bed. And that was my big problem with this week's episode, actually. Because here we are on this vacation. They're out of the city. They're out of the Beverly Hills. And the women, it was like, we watched them play games like we were at a fucking Dave and & Buster, and then they all went to bed. I mean, on Roni, they're in the Hamptons. They're getting drunk till the, uh, you know, late night. I need these women. They should have been boozing more. And I hate to request that of reality show people, because, you know, it's just not... You shouldn't, we shouldn't have to need them to drink. But then also, if I'm watching you play D- Jenga and you're all yawning, I saw a yawn at one point. I don't remember who it was. I'll have to check my notes, but somebody yawned at one point. And that's unacceptable on a reality show. On a vacation yet. They're in this beautiful Lake Tahoe home. They're all seated tight. They should have some cocktails. Instead, they were yawning and playing Jenga. And I'm like, I yawn and play Jenga. And I don't want to see a live feed of me doing that. Okay, so have some coffee, have one of Kathy's Red Bulls, and perk it up, ladies, because you're on vacation on the TV show. You're making us a show. You're entertaining you're entertainers. This is showbiz, baby. It's showbiz, baby. It's Hollywood. That's Hollywood for you. And Kathy's the only one perking up at night, and that's because she knows Hollywood. She knows showbiz. Kyle, too. You notice Kyle's been up at night, too. They're showing, uh, and on the episode this week, we saw Kyle and Kathy were up late, and Sutton stayed up with them. But the other women are going to bed snoozy. Where's Dorit? Or Dorit, as Kathy calls her. Where's Erica Jane? Erica Jane wants to be on Broadway, but she can't even entertain us on this television program. She's on her bread and butter. But Kyle, those Richard sisters, they were raised by a showbiz. They were raised by showbiz. So they know showbiz, baby. They know they got to perk it up when the camera's on. And that's what they're doing. But these other women, I'm telling you, they need to step it up. What is Dorit doing this season? Nothing. There was that one moment with the nose job stuff, which we'll get to. That was really funny. But that wasn't because of Dorit. Dorit. And she's not really doing... Erica Jane, we're, oh, this is supposed to be this big revolutionary season where we're getting all this information about Erica Jane. I haven't seen one thing about her. Uh, that's been her doing. Everything that we're learning is through the other women about her relationship with Tommy Two-Tones. So, uh, you know, we'll get there. But um, anyway, we open this episode with... Erica does ask... Morning time, how Crystal feels. And Crystal and Sutton have been on the wrong page. Last week, we ended with Sutton going to give her her jacket into Crystal's room. And then we learn in this week's episode that actually Crystal had been uh, 
butt naked, bare naked in the words of Jennifer Love Hewitt. And uh, she didn't appreciate because when Sutton came in, she said, oh, I, was, I don't know what's going on in here, but I'm going to leave your coat and then walk out. Now, here's the thing. I haven't been siding with Sutton much this whole season because Sutton's kind of a big, hot mess. Big, hot old mess. And I did actually side with her in that moment because I we saw on the footage of Sutton going in the room and she did do a little knock and then she walked in and she should have stayed out. I think I said last week, she should have just stayed out. Don't walk in the room unless I say enter. So I do believe that. However, I did feel like Crystal was kind of making it into something it wasn't. So I, that was the one thing I did side with Sutton on because I don't believe that Sutton meant like what's going on in here. Like you're, like Crystal was, I don't know, cheat. Was that that? Oh, that the thing Crystal was thinking was that like, oh, was she cheating or FaceTime with her or doing something sexual? Because that's not how I took Sutton to mean it. But maybe it was different, and maybe Crystal felt something differently. I don't know. But I did side with Sutton. Everything else I side with Crystal, though, because the rest of it, Sutton was the hot mess. When she was talking to Crystal on a boat in this episode, she's using the facial massager roller as they're talking, you guys. Can you believe it? Let's take about five minutes to break that down. Sutton says she gets nervous and anxious, so she uses that facial massager. And then she was like talking to Crystal and they're having these intense conversations about the relationship and what happened and and their fights, which have been about race and which have been about uh, parents dying. They've had conversations about their dads and all this very intense stuff. And Sutton's just massaging her fucking face with the roller. Now, we love a face roller. Those things are great. They move the blood flow around. But she was doing it on camera in the middle of a conversation. And I'll be honest, I love that from a housewife. It's kind of weird, quirky behavior that I want from these women. And so to that, I say bravo to Sutton. However, I also say, what the fuck? What the fuck? I mean, it was bizarre. And I loved it, but it was bizarre. You know, we could feel both things at once. It was crazy, and I loved it. So uh, what else is going on? Oh, you guys, when I was home, they did a lot of eating work on this episode. Like, they got donuts, and they were like, oh my god, these donuts and these cookies. And I thought, oh, they're all... I mean, they looked delicious, but I hope they weren't going wasted, um, those donuts, because they looked delicious. But I was thinking when I was home, visiting my family, I had a hot dog. And I hate myself for this, but I literally said aloud to my family, I said, oh, I haven't had a hot dog in a while. You should try to have one once, twice a year. You know, I said it like Rena and Erica on their camping trip, and you know, they keep reminding us of that hot dog moment. And here I was in real life using it. I'm ashamed, but that's who I am. Just use these stupid phrases, these catchphrases about hot dogs, using them in my real life. And I'm in the Midwest, no less. Here I am bringing the Beverly Hills to the Midwest in the form of Lisa Rinna's hot dog content. I mean, what is that about? I need to cool it with that. I mean, I hope I never say that again, but I probably will. I probably will. Uh, then, let's see. Oh, Rinna and Kyle go to Sutton's room. And uh, Sutton was previously angry about that table prank, which was really dumb. And uh, Sutton made a list of things that she's been called by the women. And so she has all these adjectives that people called her, really horrible adjectives that they were calling her. And then Kyle and Rena make her add the word defensive to her list. You know, because everyone's sort of realizing like, oh, Sutton's a bit of a mess, but like good for the show. You know, I think Rena and Kyle see that. And so they're letting a lot of this stuff slide because they like her for the show. And that's that's the what they need to do in Housewives. Keep the people who are a little bit odd and keep them around because it keeps the show interesting. So good work on that. Uh, then we have this great scene between Garcelle and Crystal. I like this duo. And once again, I want to point out Crystal had the arms outside of the coat. So the coat was draped over. Now, on the last week's show, I had mentioned how I think this is becoming a, a larger trend. 
you know, people have always been doing this, but I'm noticing it a lot on Crystal, who has great style. And a lot of you have been reaching out to me and saying, yes, it is becoming a larger trend. So, you know, I've got my eye on the pulse. Or what is the saying? My eye is on the pulse. That's not the saying. You know, I don't know what the fuck the saying is. I'm tired. Uh, but my eye is on the pulse with that coat work. So then, oh, they go on a boat. Oh, Garcelle also had a cute Gucci hat. I noticed in that one scene. Then we cut to the boat, and they do a boat montage of boat disasters. And we see Rinna splitting her legs on the boat, dancing. And there was like a fight between Erica and Dorrit on the boat. I'm just going to keep calling her Dorrit. <laughs> Bamboozle Jane and Dorrit had a, had a fight on a boat once. And they showed us that. It felt like they were relying on some flashback footage for some drama in that moment. And then, you know what? They got to do what they got to do. But I wish there would have been something more interesting happening on the boat. Because at one point, they were just like worried about a bird coming around. You know, they, Kyle, they were all making a big thing about the bird. And I wanted the bird to poop on Kyle Chanel beanie because that beanie, I didn't really care for it. But uh, I was hoping the bird might do that. I thought it'd be funny. Kathy, though, my favorite part of this whole boat thing was Kathy was getting so pissed at the other women because here they were all acting so dramatic about this bird that was flying overhead, which is what birds do. Spoiler alert, that's what they do. And so the bird was just doing what it does, and all of them were like, oh my god, a bird, ah, it's gonna poop at us, ah, oh my god, the bird, ah, run, run, run. You know, acting like fucking nuts. And Kathy's just sitting there like, oh my god, what did I get myself into? You know, Kathy's not interested in these dramatics. Little Kathy doesn't want to see everyone making a big scene about a bird that's flying overhead like they do. And yet here all the women were just making a big-ass deal of the bird. I wish the women would have made a big-ass deal about the, something else going on between the other women. Or Erica Jane's relationship with Tom or or some other argument. But instead they were all making a big-ass deal about the bird. And Kathy was just thought it was ridiculous for being scared of the bird. Um, you know, it was just stupid. There was a, speaking of Bamboozle Jane, though, she did talk about Tom. She said, and I go, he's a workhorse. Wait, I can't do my Erica Jane. <laughs> my Erica Jane needs work, you guys. I haven't gotten it. I'll get it. He's a workhorse. He's dedicated his life first and foremost. God bless him for that, to his being a lawyer. It's who he is. He loves it. He loves it. He loves to be a lawyer. <laughs> Erica Jane. Shady boots that they left it in, though. Those Bravo people, they knew what they're doing. Everything she ever said about this man, she left in. And I don't understand this whole thing, because here she was on the boat, saying he's a workhorse, he's dedicated, but she's not saying it as a negative. She says, God bless him for that. It's who he is. He loves it. I didn't even hear a hint of it in her voice that she was saying it as a negative. So then the fact that four days later, she's filing for divorce. Something's up there. I don't believe it at all. Bamboozle Jane and Tommy Tutos. They're trying to bamboozle us. I know it. I feel it. I know it. I don't know it, but I know it. You know it? Ladies, am I right? You know what I'm saying. You get it. We don't know it, but we know it. You know? You know? Uh, Anyway, what else is going on? Oh, Sutton is about to cry. She pulls Crystal aside. There was a one about five minutes of footage where they were all just sitting in fold-up chairs on this boat. It was the most boring thing ever. I was like, somebody needs to say something. Uh, they all had sunglasses on. They were like, this is a nice boat. They were talking about someone's house or something. I was like, oh, that woman owned an island. She got 36 rooms or something. I was like, good for her. Let's either get her on the show or talk about something else going on between the rest of you. I don't need to know about this woman. I'd love to know about her if she were going to bring her on the show. But as it stands, I don't need a history lesson from the Real Houses of Beverly Hills about some woman that owns a house. 
God bless her. She sounded like a great gal. But they were talking about it, and all sitting on these folding chairs, I was like, y'all need to get something going here. I don't know. Eventually, Sutton did pull aside Crystal. You know, she talked. She said, don't call me crazy. Crystal, meanwhile, was like, I don't trust you. You're manic, unbalanced, erratic, crazy. <laughs> Which is funny. Crystal says, all that you've shown me is crazy. And Sutton says, that's all I've shown you? And Crystal's like, uh, yeah. Uh, die. Die. Like, Sutton doesn't get it. And it's true. I mean, they could roll back the footage. I don't think Crystal and Sutton have had much more than that one little van moment of uh, not being insanity. Do you know what I mean? Uh, Sutton, though, she you know she says she's shy. She says she's shy. A woman on a reality TV show says she's shy. That's rich. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we call rich. Because, uh, you know, the idea that you would go on to The Real Housewives as a shy human is just pretty, I mean, maybe you could convince yourself of that, you know, and I've always cared for Sutton. I like her, you guys, there's no shade to her. I just think that maybe she was searching for a different adjective because I'm not sure shy is something we, all of these women should be using at this point. Because I've heard on other shows, not just Sutton, they all think that they're shy. You know, I feel like I've heard them all say at a time or two, and it's like, you're on a reality TV show about your life. And the whole uh, base of this reality show is your arguments with other people. So I don't think we can say shy. It's like when all the housewives, they sort of stopped doing this, but whenever they would have a housewife that would get along for like one episode, they'd be like, oh, we're like Lucy and Ethel. And it's like, you're not fucking like Lucy and Ethel, okay? Lucille Ball is not interested in hearing that. You know, Tamara and Vicky are not Lucy and Ethel. They might have a funny moment or two, but let's not say they're Lucille Ball and Ethel. I mean, uh, the audacity. The audacity. Um, Sutton does say to Crystal, don't call me crazy. Don't call me crazy. She's mad. She cries. Crystal's like, what the fuck? This is not my problem. Then Sutton blames the moving. And Crystal very plainly says, look, moving's not an excuse for you. You'd be fucking nuts. Then that's when they get back. They have the cookies and donuts waiting for them. Uh, Kathy, that's when she says, Erica, I expect you to be up a little later tonight. And then we get a scene of Kyle and Dorrit playing bocce ball. Which bocce ball is an Italian family reunion staple. So it was, you know, I recognize the game, but I also recognize that it's not so fun to watch. So seeing Kyle and Dorit play, and here's something I want to talk about for at least uh, 25 minutes. Uh, they say that Dorit is very competitive. She's very competitive, they say. And then they try to show us this montage that, you know, if I didn't have to take notes on this, I don't think they would have fooled me. Um, or I think they would have fooled me if I didn't have to take notes. But because I take notes, I was really like watching this footage of this montage to prove that was supposedly going to prove that Dorit is real competitive. Now, I want to name some of the things that the montage showed us. One of them was rock climbing. One of them was beer pong. One of them was like riding a bike or like riding something where they had to, you know, pedal with their feet. I don't know about you guys. But I don't know that I'd really describe those any of those sports, bocce ball included. Those are four things. I don't know if I'd really describe any of those as competitive sports. You know, there's lots of sports out there, you know, basketball, baseball, volleyball. There's tons of different uh, gymnastics, all sorts of competitions out there. And I don't know that I'd describe bocce ball, beer pong, some sort of pedaling, outdoor pedaling and rock climbing as, like, the most competitive. So when they're trying to prove, like, how competitive Dorit is, I'm just not buying it. And then even the footage they showed, it was like, Dorit was having fun. 
she was playing beer pong, having fun, but it wasn't like she was doing much trash talking or anything. Like they were really trying to fool us into thinking, here comes, I don't know, some competitive Michael Jordan esque figure from the Real Housewives as if Dorrit is some world athlete. And it was like, none of it seemed competitive. It was such a weird choice to me to be like, oh yeah, look at our competitive Dorrit. Like I don't, I did not see one moment of competitiveness, not not even like the the littlest bit of it, and that's the footage they all could scrounge up. And I don't, maybe it was a directive from Bravo or some, maybe a producer was like, we got to show Dorrit being competitive, we got to do it. And then the poor editors had to like shuffle through footage and try to find something, and they couldn't find nothing because it was just Dorrit playing bocce ball. With Kyle, that's not very competitive sport. You know, we, again, play at a family reunions and Italians were competitive people. But, you know, when, uh, you know, Grandpa Frank or whatever used to be playing bocce ball at the family reunion, it wasn't like he was going nuts yelling at his siblings or something um, about the game. You just sort of play it leisurely, you know, and rock climbing too. You know, rock climbing, you're competing maybe with yourself. You're just trying to get to the top of the thing. And it didn't seem like she was doing much racing. You know, even when she was pedaling outside in that bike or whatever the fuck that was, I don't think that Dorit was like, she might have said something like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. PK, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to win. I'm going to cross the finish line first. She might have said something like that, but it was like pretty low key and with a smile. You know, it wasn't even, I don't even think Dorit thought twice about it. And to be quite honest with you, I'd love to go roll the footage of her in high school or something when she had that other nose and see if she was competitive in sports back then. Did she play sports back then? Maybe that, maybe she met with the producer and was like, look, when I was in high school, I used to be really competitive. And so maybe that's why they're using this as uh, montage footage. But from what I saw, I'm sorry. How much time did we just spend on that? I feel like that was about 20 minutes. So I was right. <laughs> then we see everyone getting ready for dinner. Um, Garcelle, before they sit down, Garcelle uh, announces the table. She says, how many people have had their nose done here? And I thought, uh-oh. I was so excited that she said that. It was really messy. And then Dorit lies and said she never had a nose job. But then they showed a side-by-side footage. Those editors, maybe they're trying to get her back for saying that she's competitive, because then they showed two pictures of Dorit, and one of them was from 100 years ago, and one of them was today, and she did have a completely different nose. I'm sorry to say it. Good for her. I mean, it looks great. But then for her to be sitting there, like, sitting tight and be like, nope, I did not. I did not have a nose job. I didn't have a new nose. And then Kyle in her confessional is like, she's like, yeah, a lot of people can contour, but that seems like a different nose. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Uh, Crystal decides not to come to dinner, though. Uh, Sutton apologizes for being nuts and blames it on her moving, which doesn't make any sense. She's moving. Uh, maybe a little sense. I guess a little sense. If you're moving, moving stressful. It is stressful. And apparently Sutton says she had emotional attachment. But, you know, there's one, I don't know. Maybe there's some truth to it, I guess. We could give her that. Uh, then Rinna, this has, they're at dinner, and Rinna starts to monologue. And, oh, by the way, they're all thanking Rinna for this trip. And it's like, enough is enough. We know we know production did it. And Rinna just keeps accepting the uh, accepting it. She's like, yeah, well, of course I planned something fun. And they're like, thanks for planning it. Great. And it's like, let's cool it because we don't need this because we know it's a lie. Then, uh, oh, so Garcelle really hates Rinna. And Rinna says she's had a really rough year. People have been saying she's a terrible friend. And then she decides to tell a story about Harry, Harry's friend. 
Now, I was on the edge of my seat. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, "What? Are, where is she going with this? She said, Harry's got a friend. One night they went out to dinner, and then the friend went on to rape the girl, went to jail, and then uh, Harry decided he didn't want to visit the rapist in jail. And I'm literally sitting, I, I'm sure many of you were flabbergasted by this as well. You were all sit, weren't we all sitting there just thinking like, what the fuck does this mean? Like, were you guys thinking that? Because I was really, my eyes were open wide, my mouth was ajar, and I was thinking, what the fuck is this about? Like, how does this have anything to do with anything? And so, Garcelle tries to clear it up. Even Garcelle's sitting there like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, what does she mean? And then Garcelle's like, so you're relating that to Denise? And Rena says she couldn't blindly support Denise. Now, I just have to say this is a very different situation. Denise didn't want to talk on camera about uh, going downtown Julie Brown on Brandy Glanville. That's not the same as Harry's friend who raped someone, went to jail, and then Harry didn't want to visit him in jail. I don't think those two are the same. I wouldn't even think to compare the two, quite honestly. You know, maybe her critical thinking skills were off that night. But it seems so strange to me that she decided to compare. And Garcelle's like, um, they're different. But it's interesting that they're making the Denise thing keep going. It makes me think that Denise can maybe like pop back in. You know, it gives me that hope that maybe like Denise is going to saunter in in the finale and then rejoin us or something. I know some of you wouldn't like that. I sort of miss Big Daguerrean and Denise and the craziness of that. So I wouldn't mind if Denise sauntered on in with that big dick husband of hers. And we got ourselves a moment. Um, but it leads me to believe that maybe we will, because they keep talking about Denise. Rinna says she has uh, Denise's secrets that she'll take to the grave. To the grave, she says. And I don't like that they're really dragging Denise when Denise isn't even there. Especially after how it all went down with Denise. Rinna says that she took a bullet for Denise. I don't know, but like, why is it coming up again? Denise ain't even on the show. It's very strange. There must be something else. Maybe it leads to another bigger fight with Garcelle and Rena or something. I don't know. I like Garcelle was sticking up for Denise, so and I appreciate that. It was a good friend. And also, I want to know what are these secrets Rena has. And you know, you heard Erica Jane be like, I don't know what the secrets are. And I was like, Erica Jane knows. She does. Bamboozle Jane. I guarantee Rena told Bamboozle Jane, Dorrit, that other one, uh, that other Halloween cast member, Kyle. I'm liking Kyle this season, you guys. I know a lot of you hate Kyle. I I always sort of like Kyle. I know I'm coming out. I'm coming out. <laughs> I don't mind Kyle. I know people don't like her. Uh, but I'm really even liking her this season more and more because of Kath. And uh, I guarantee Rena told them all. You know, they have that weird little, what do they call themselves? The Fox Force Five, like their group with uh, Teddy All and Mellencamp. So I bet you they were all sitting having one of their club meetings and Rena probably told him all Denise's secrets because it felt like when when Erica and Dorrit said in this episode like we don't know the secrets, I thought they do. I felt it. You know, I I don't know it, but I know it. I don't know it, but I know it. So uh, let's see. Oh, Erica also then says you don't know anything about anyone. That's the truth. She says regarding like what you know about people. You don't know anything about anyone. That's the truth. And. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the truth. I feel like I know things about people. You know, I have friends that I know things about. I don't believe. Maybe everyone has like some little secrets, but I don't know if we have, everyone's got these big ass secrets. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? Uh, then that's when we uh, see a long scene of them just playing games like we're out of fucking Dave and Buster's. Again, Rinna swims. Sutton goes to swim. 
Uh, Rinna's trying to get everyone to swim, and Garcelle eventually tells Rinna to just shut the fuck up. She just says, stop it. You need to shut the fuck up. When people are asking you to shut the fuck up, you need to do it. And then Crystal comes down to say goodnight. Then this is when Crystal brings up the coat thing. And Kyle says she thinks it's weird that she didn't bring up the coat thing before. The next morning, I like when they're all having the breakfast with the sunglasses on. And they do that all the time in Beverly Hills, and I don't know why I get a kick out of it. It's really kind of something that brings me joy. Just seeing them with the big-ass sunglasses on gives me so much joy. Uh, then Crystal and Sutton talk about the coat thing. Again, I thought it was an honest mistake, but what do I know? Sutton says she's trying. She's going to help with the luggage. She says, Crystal, I'm going to send you flowers. That's who I am. Then we cut to four days later. We see Hoda. Hoda woman. You know I love my Hoda. Love my Hoda. Love my Hoda. Hoda. God, I miss Kathy Lee, though, with Hoda. The two of them were magic. I'm sorry, they were magic. Hoda and Kathy Lee. A greater pair has never existed, to be quite honest with you. However, they do show Hoda with Savannah. I like Savannah, too. Uh, but Hoda is given the news. She, you know, she's election day. It's news. I don't know why that's my impression of Hoda doing the news. It's news. <laughs> I wish that was Hoda's tagline, like when she came on the air on Today's Show. They just, like, open, and it's Hoda at the desk, like, it's news. Like, <laughs> that's so stupid. It's news. Let's go. It's news. Uh, but it's news, and it's election day. And more important than the election, though, according to this program, is that uh, Dorit, Kyle, and Rinna hear that Erica Jane has filed for divorce. She sends them a text. She says, I filed for divorce this morning. Thank you for supporting me. This will be tough. And then it ends with the three of them on a three-way call about Erica Jane's divorce. They had no idea. Rinna says she had to do it like this. She couldn't tell anybody. Couldn't tell anybody. And to that I say, why didn't we get Kathy on the line? Bravo. Why didn't we put her on the line? I would have loved to see Kathy's reaction to this news. Why didn't we get a camera in there? I hope next week, it ended up to be continued, but I hope that next week we get Kathy in bed in the middle of the night with the Red Bull finding out Erica Jane's getting divorced because I want her reaction in real time. I want Kathy's reaction to everything. Put her on chat room. What's that Bravo chat room? I don't know if it's coming back or what. Let's get Kathy in there. Wouldn't that be amazing? I want her reaction to what's going on. You know, she won't even know. It'll be it, the show's called Bravo Chat Room. Kathy be like, "What network are we on? <laughs> what, what channel is this? Let's get her on chat room with." I'd like it to see it. Portia, Kathy, and then uh, you know, I don't know who else. Spitball and figure something out. I'll get in there. Somebody call me in. Uh, I'll sit there with Kathy. Love it. Love it. Uh, anyway, that's the episode of the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I thought this Beverly Hills recap was going to be short, but here we are. Talked for a while about Beverly Hills. Even though my brain is a little fuzzy. We'll keep we're gonna keep in New York a little bit short because well we'll see. We'll see. Let's dive in. Uh let's take a quick break and then we'll dive into the real house size of New York. Cite. Or actually it's the real house of Hamptons at this point. Real house is the Vermona's uh, vacation home is what the show should be called because they're there for seven episodes. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect 
perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Please don't leave me in the van. Oh, with her. relax, I bitch. No, honest. No, you, bitch. You want to call me a bitch? Are you crazy? Hurry up. They're going to kill each other in a van. I'm not going. I'm not going. Hurry, girls. Hurry. Leah's getting out the car. Is she serious? I'm not going oh, with her. No, nope, not going with her. Not going. You want me to take my car? Not going. You want to get my, my car? Hey. I'm going home to see my grandmother. I'm not dealing with this. Sorry. She's such a loser. You want, I'm not- you want to go in my car? <laughs> my favorite part of that whole chaotic ending was just Luann like, girls, they're going to kill each other in the van. Come on. They're going to kill each other in the van. <laughs> She wanted to get the cameras out there. She wanted to get the ladies out there. That was Luann self-producing. She knew she needed to get the focus in the van because she thought they might actually kill each other. There could be a murder in the van. And Luann wasn't thinking about the murder. She was thinking, we need to get the cameras on them. So I applaud that, Luann. I applaud that. Now, this week's episode, you guys, it was all about the Leah versus Heather of all, which I think we were all waiting for uh, ever since we heard that Heather had stopped filming mid-season. So it was exciting to see it. Uh, however, it, it really played itself out at the end, and we'll get there. So we open with, uh, we're still dealing with the fallout between Luann and Ebony. And again, I know we talked about this last week, Luann just doesn't seem to get it. Sonia, uh, fortunately, does get it. It seems like Sonia really has got a handle on it. And Sonia has this way about our dear Sonia Rita, who I'm loving these past couple episodes. Isn't she the best? Uh, you know, when Sonia's not super drunk, that's the Sonia we love. And so we just want to see more of that, because she's still quirky and fun and uh, all of the good adjectives. However, when she starts drinking too much, it just crosses a line and it's uncomfortable to watch. So we just want uh, that version of Sonia. And I know that Sonia likes to let loose sometimes and we all go through our troubles. But seeing Sonia these past couple of weeks, it's like, this is the best version of Sonia. We just want that. Um, but Sonia really seems to get it. And she has this beautiful way of breaking things down in a very simplistic way that uh, it just makes it easier. She just is able to clarify things in a way that I feel like the other women are not. And Heather was trying to mediate, and Heather had fumbled her words quite a bit. I mean, there was a couple of times she said something about, Ebony, you're so articulate. And, you know, I think that she just doesn't always get it. You know what I mean? I think Heather is trying. Like, I do think deep down she's trying to be a good person and say the right thing and and properly address some of these issues. I think it just sort of, it mixes itself up sometimes. And then she definitely does uh, what they call sometimes microaggressions. And so, uh, you know, it's playing out. But Ebony, um, she does get back to Ramona's at the beginning of the episode, and she tells Leah what happened. And Ebony says, society does not afford black women a range of emotions. And he- uh, Ebony's doing a wonderful job this season, too, explaining a lot of these issues. Again, we just like to say that it I wish, I know later in the season we have another black woman coming on the show, and I think that's great because it won't feel like so uh, Ebony's, it's on her to teach these women all of these things because she shouldn't have to do that. 
And so I look forward to that day. But right now it feels like Ebony's just having to do all this heavy lifting. Uh, Heather does try to explain to Lou what was going on. And I thought that was an instance where Heather really seemed to get it. And she was trying to tell Luann, like, look, you need to realize this, this, and this. And Luann, of course, doesn't take any of it in. <laughs> Luann, you know, God love her, but she doesn't really seem to get it. I don't even know what else to say about Luann. It's like, I just feel like she doesn't get it. And that's it. Uh, Ramona, meanwhile, she was planning a cooking thing. She got everyone in those bathing suit uh, cooking aprons. I love those. Nothing funnier. You guys, I'm sorry. I love those aprons. I have a Batman one, and it makes you look like Batman. You know, like, <laughs> it's a cookie. I wear it on Thanksgiving. It's a Batman apron. It makes me look like I've got the pecs of Batman. Um, I don't, but it does make it look that way. You know, I love it. One of those, not even just an aprons. I also love those t-shirts that have like, you put on the t-shirt and it looks like you got a bathing suit body. Nothing I find funnier than when I put one of those extra long t-shirts on that make me look like I got abs or, or bubbies in a bikini. You know, like I find them so hysterical. They're cartoony, just hysterical. Nothing funnier to me. It's classic, easy humor. You know, that's the kind of humor we need more of these days because quite frankly, everything gets so heavy. Sometimes I just want to see someone uh, in an apron or a t-shirt that makes them look like something else. That's a laugh for me. That's all I need. Real uh, real basic sense of humor these days, because everything's very heavy. Uh, Ramona does say, this is complicated. It's not easy stuff. And Heather's talking to Lou in the bedroom. And I do think, uh, we've talked about this before, I do think Heather's needed or someone in that mediator role is needed for this show to go around and talk to the women and ask them questions because the other women aren't asking each other questions. And uh, unfortunately, Heather leaves. Maybe Brashawn will come in. Um, and is that who's coming? Is that uh, the new cast member? I think that's her name. Forgive me if I'm getting that wrong. Uh, but she hasn't been introduced to us yet, but I think I saw in the blogs and stuff, She's there's a new cast member coming. I don't know if she's a friend of her or she's going to be a main housewife yet, but I do know there's someone coming. And I'm very excited about that. But hopefully she's a little bit more of that uh, role that's going to ask women questions because Luann doesn't ask anybody a question about themselves. Ramona doesn't ask people questions about themselves. Anyway, uh, they all sit around and talk and drink. She, uh, Luann says, you have to educate me on this. Ramona says, oh, you have to educate all of us. And that's not Ebony's job to educate everybody. Uh, and Luann wants Ebony to apologize to her, which is crazy. Sonia tries talking sense into her. And Ebony even explains why she won't apologize. She says Leah's not held to the same standard. Leah called everybody a hoe and then ran out. And nobody thinks anything about Leah being crazy or angry or anything. And Ramona says, well, her grandmother's dying. And Ebony's like, yeah, so is mine, I told you. And nobody even listened to her say that. Uh, but, again, not Ebony's responsibility to teach them. Sonia says the burden is on the white women, and that's an important lesson for us all. Uh, Ramona says, uh, wait, what? Leah. Oh, Leah just also hates Heather, too, by the way. I think we talked about that. Um, but Ebony leaves. She says she's not eating the food they're about to cook because she's getting some comfort food, and I respect that. Because nothing better than some comfort food. You guys, I was home uh, visiting my family. You know what the first meal I had was? My mom's cream chicken over mashed potatoes. It's a very Ohio dish. It's basically just like creamy chicken that you put over mashed potatoes. And it's my favorite thing in the entire universe. And it's just that comfort food. It reminds you of when you're a kid. It's heavy. It's warm. It's just delicious. And so I, you know, I relate to Ebony just wanting her own comfort food. Sometimes you need, when you're stressed, there's nothing better than like a, I don't know, I like the cream chicken, but I also love like a casserole. You know, Vicki Gumbelson always says she wanted a casserole, and I get that. That's one thing I understand out of Vicki Gumbelson. 
Ooh, did you guys hear about the Orange County rumors? So there's these rumors going around. Let's take a little minute. Rumors going around that Tamara's coming back and Heather Dubrow's coming back. And that excites me. I always was calling for Tamara to leave the show. However, when she left the show, I was saying we need Tamara back. So I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle and no cash, but that's what I was calling for. Because sometimes you lose these women and you think, well, maybe we needed them. And I felt that way about Heather Dubrow, too. I was always thinking, we need to get rid of Heather Dubrow. And as soon as she left, I thought, what's going on with that house? What happened to Terry Dubrow? I need more. And so I've heard these rumors for a little while now, I think. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, how it shakes out. I don't know if we'll find out for you know, a little while now what exactly is happening on Orange County, but I did maybe hear some things, and I hope some things. I would love it if they just sort of recast it around Heather Dubrow. I don't even know if I want... I don't know. I don't know if out of the last season's cast, who should come back, because it was just such a mess. It's hard to even tell. I know they were filming at the beginning of the pandemic, but it was just seemed like the chemistry is so off. So maybe if they get Heather Dubrow back, Tamra back, I don't know what we get rid of or where we go from there, but maybe we you know, focus on those two. And they have a relationship, they have a history. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what? Uh, let's go back to The Real Houses of New York. So, um, oh, there was that moment which we talked about where Heather walked in and uh, Leah and Ebony were in the room. It was really making me laugh when Heather walked in the room. She's like, how are my girls doing? And sometimes, like, I love that part of Heather, but I also understand how people could be annoyed by that part of Heather. But I love, like, the hey mamas and the, like, <laughs> when she walked in the room. There's something, there's something very basic to me that I love about it of, like, she's just trying to be nice and fit in and uh, be uh, energetic and upbeat. And sometimes it comes across as so disingenuous, but as someone who sometimes acts like that, like I feel like I can get uncomfortable in situations. And if, especially around groups or people that I don't know that well, I feel like I'm the type of person who would walk in the room and be like, how are my girls doing? You know, like overboard. And they're like, uh, what do you, do you say that for? Like, we're not your girls. We don't even know you. <laughs> I get that. I have that sort of energy sometimes when I'm uncomfortable. How are my girls doing? Hey, mamas. Like, that's me walking into a group uncomfortably. And I'm self-aware enough to know that. But I can see how it could be a turnoff to people. So when Heather walked in, it's like, she didn't even know Ebony and Leanne. How are my girls doing? And then she sits down. And I love that part of her. But I see how people could be turned off. Um, but I loved it. Loved it. Um, and then, oh, and even the next morning, you guys, when Heather was just, they showed footage of Heather just looking at the birds. She was on camera, too. She's just staring up at the birds. And on Beverly Hills, they were all scared the birds were going to poop on them. Meanwhile, Heather's in uh, the Hamptons. She's looking up at the sky. She's like, oh, those birds. She's like, thank you for that, she says to the birds. Thank you for that. And that's the kind of odd thing that I would do on camera. <laughs> Somebody followed me. If a camera was on me and I was just alone, like outside, I would feel like I had to do a moment like that. You know what I mean? I'd feel like, oh, let's just thank the birds. And everyone would be like, what? what are you doing that for, Danny? But I get that. Um, then, oh, they all go fishing. Oh, we also finally find out what Luann's doing with that fucking baton twirling. So she brought the batons on the trip. And we finally learn that she's going to be doing like a Halloween baton twirling contest. Um, they all have to do something. Lee, uh, Sonia's going to be miming. And then, I don't know, they were all doing some weird... Oh, uh, Ramona says her only talents are like making money and push-ups or something. And she's going to be doing push-ups. So, I don't get it. But they do all fish. Sonia says, I'm a Sagittarius, so I always catch a fish. 
And then she says, in regards to the fisherman who's teaching them how to do fishing, she says, if I knew this guy better, if I knew this guy better, I'd tell him I always know how to catch a dick, too. Sonia always knows how to catch a dick, and I applaud that. Good job, Sonia. Uh, Leah is going to be hula hooping in the talent show or whatever. Also, by the way, in this scene, I thought they were playing like old school Roni music, like the background music. It felt like old, old timey Roni. Did anyone else hear that? Uh, Luann does tell Ebony that she still feels bad. And Ebony says, it's all good. They're going to move forward. They're going to move forward. And I love seeing him on this picnic. It reminded me of Big Little Lies. I thought, where's Nicole Kidman in this moment? And who did they kill? Because this beautiful sight at the beach made me feel like that. I felt like we were in, what are they, Monterey or something. Um, it was kind of like a nice breeze in the air. They were all dressed, great cinematography. And I wanted to Sonia to fuck the fisherman, which is not something I thought when I watched Big Little Lies. But here I was. I really did want Sonia to do the fisherman, catch that big dick. Um, but she uh, she didn't, but they did get along really well. Ebony also reveals she's having an election party. Uh, oh, and there's this whole voting thing, because we're right outside the voting window. Uh, on these shows, that's when they're filming it. And Heather kind of confronts Leah about Leah saying she's not going to vote. And Heather says, well, then you vote. And then even later in the episode, Ebony tried to tell Leah, like, and that's what started the whole fight. Ebony tried to go to tell Leah, like, you should vote. And she also started saying something about, like, her and Heather talked about it. And then Leah just got mad at Heather about it. But I also think, like, Ebony was saying, no, I was agreeing with Heather. You know, and then it sparked this whole fight where Leah's like, you are white feminism, one-on-one. You think you're the authority on everything. Why do you have to be in everyone's business like a Karen? And then, uh, do you understand, Leah says, and Heather does a callback. She says, not really, which was a Luann line. Remember in uh, that trip where Luann's in the robe and the bathing suit and the sunglasses? Not really. You know, so, so I love a callback. Love a callback. But, you know, it's an interesting feud, and I don't think these two are ever going to get along. And I do feel, again, for Leah, she's got a grandparent dying. And I was thinking also about, you know, I know we've said on the show, we need to give Leah some grace because she was losing a grandparent. However, I was also thinking about the fact that there must have been some pressure. I don't know if she, I know she posted something on social media. I don't know if she posted in this, in her post, but uh, she might have said this. But she, um, someone said somewhere, <laughs> that's the kind of brain power I have these days, you guys. Someone said somewhere. That's the sourcing we do here on Everything Iconic, but someone said somewhere, uh, you know, there's only five women in the cast. So one of the women just leaving to go uh, see their grandparent and having to quarantine and then see them and uh, not being around for filming and leaving this small cast to just fend for themselves. I do think there must have been some pressure on that end. This is Leah's job. I know we're following her life, but it is also her job. So there must have been kind of like a mental clusterfuck to be like, well, do I leave? Do I stay? Do I screw? All my coworkers then are kind of screwed if there's one less person around. However, I think we can all see in Leah's actions and the way she's speaking and and uh, picking fights, it seems that she should have gone to be with her grandmother, but it must have been a tough decision. Like, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what I would have done. Uh, but it, we can see that she's taking out some of that uh, emotion on specifically Heather Ella Thompson. And uh, then even in the van, that's when uh, Heather just says, relax, bitch. And look, here's the thing. The word bitch, you know, we shouldn't really call each other that specifically. I understand how that can be a trigger word. However, I do think Heather was just sort of saying it in like the relax, bitch. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel a lot of menace behind it, but also... It seems like they were on different pages this whole trip. So in my opinion, I, I didn't see it as her being super confrontational. I think Heather had kind of had enough because it felt like 
throughout the whole time we're watching this that Leah just had it out for Heather. And so Heather just sort of eventually said, relax, bitch. Like, and it, it didn't feel very confrontational to me is what I'm trying to say. But then Leah's like, don't call me bitch, bitch, you know, and they're going after each other. And Leah says, she's a psycho. I'm not going anywhere with her. I'm going back to my grandma. And it looks like next week on the show that Heather does eventually leave, but not this night. So that she does make it through the pageant. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out, but they're doing another to be continued. Another to be continued. Do we have to always do the to be continued? Every week on every one of these shows, I've had it up to here with that. Stop it. I know, we're always to be continued. That's what a show is. You know, we don't need it on every episode. We don't. Uh, but, you know, that's the episode this week. It wasn't a lot of Ramona. You know, she was busy last week with uh, all the dick talk. I like dick. <laughs> I like dick. Never forget that. You guys, I'm keeping that on the soundboard. I like dick. Get used to it. Get used to it. We're keeping it. Um, But uh, there wasn't a lot of Ramona this week, and it was really the Heather Lee of it all. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Oh, I also want to mention the Ebony and Sonia. There was a moment between the two of them where Ebony had said something about Sonia's worth, and it was just a beautiful moment. And Ebony has this way of connecting with Sonia that I think the other women don't, and it makes me so happy. It's it's beautiful to watch, and I hope that friendship just continues to flourish because I love seeing the two of them together. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Next week on the show, we see some Sonia and Martin, some voting stuff, and there's a sit-down with Heather, which I believe might be Heather's last episode. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to tune into bravotv.com for more information, and then we'll have to watch what happens live. Uh, you guys, that's this week's episode of The Real Houses of New York. That's this week's episode of Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I thought we were going to have a short episode, and then here we are. We didn't. Spoiler alert. Anyway, uh, I, I want to do our quick little cool down, our cheesy little cool down. Take a deep breath in. Let's all just, uh, well, actually, before I do, I got to do all the promo stuff. You guys have forgot to do that. I'm sorry. I know you hate to hear this, but you got to follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. And if you want to support this podcast, you go to Patreon page. It's Patreon, P A T R E O N.com slash Everything Iconic. I do one bonus episode a month over there, so you get the bonus episode if you pledge $4 or more per month. 
and I'm recapping Sex in the City, and it's really fun once a month. Then we have merch available, everythingiconic.store. And uh, yeah, that's all. We got up to 5XL on the shirts. So get the, get the t-shirts. You get a signed cocktail book over at everythingiconic.store. Uh, we got it all. Oh, you guys also, I want to give a little recommendation on Netflix. They're uh, showing Happy Endings, which was a show uh, with a friend of the show, Casey Wilson, was on that show. And it's so funny. And they just put it on Netflix. And when I was home, I put uh, I had been watching some episodes before bed, like I'd put on one before bed. And it's just, I've seen it a million times, but it's just such a fun, funny show. If you're looking for a good before bed show, it's fantastic. And it's on Netflix now. So it's called Happy Endings. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. It's just uh, wonderful, delightful, even. And I want them to reboot it. I need a reboot of Happy Endings. Like, let's get everyone watching on Netflix, uh, and maybe they'll reboot it. Also, I mentioned Hacks. That season is just wrapping up. If you haven't checked out Hacks, it's on HBO Max. HBO Max does some cool stuff. So um, I also want to thank Acast. If you're looking for a place to listen to Everything Iconic, go to acast.com slash everythingiconic. Okay. Uh, that's all the promo stuff, you guys. Now let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Guys, I love you so much for listening, and we'll be back with uh, more episodes soon at some point. You know, we'll see. TBD. I like dick. <laughs> Love you all for that.